Good morning again. Um, I, don't, I don't know why I have to do that. I'm a creature of habit. Like, if you've ever been to the same restaurant with me, you realize I order the same thing. And, you know, like, I don't know another way to start. So good morning is what I'm going to say, and it's whatever. Um, Oh man, so excited to be here this morning and so excited to continue this series. The other day we started a series um, called Focus, and it's a really creative name, right? Like one whole word, and it's just because I'm not that creative, and that's what I got. So uh, the series that we're in right now is Focus, and you know the idea is kind of in the name. Uh, but it piggybacks off of the series that we started the year with, this, uh, this idea or series about coming back, the, that we all have this opportunity that we can come close to Jesus today, that the, that God made a way in Jesus that we could all come close, right? Like not just some people or good people or people that have it all together, but like every single person today can take a step towards God. And that's an amazing truth today. Like maybe I didn't get a response. I thought maybe there'd be like, yeah, or amen or something. But like every single person can take a step towards God today. And it doesn't matter where you are, where you've been or who you are. Like we all have that opportunity. And I think that's important as a church. We remember that because sometimes we think like we can't for whatever reason. Or an even greater risk today is we think others can't for whatever reason. And the reality of it is today, no matter how far you are from God, God made a way in Jesus that we could all come back. And I love that. Um, I spent a lot of last year feeling far from God. I uh, started conversations with some of you guys. Hey, I don't feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be. Like, I don't feel close to God. Anybody ever said that like out loud? I don't feel close to God. Thank you, three honest people are here today. It's amazing. Uh, we're going repent to later, repent later for a line. But um, <laughs> like for a lot of us, we, we've felt that way before. We felt, man, I just, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. There's this, there's this thing that I'm missing right now. And I spent some of last year that way. And, and I think I've, well, I know because I've talked to some of you guys, some of you did too. And, and, and I love that truth that we can come back, um, that we're not just stuck there. Right? It's not like, oh, you knew better and you walked away. So now you're gone. But like everybody can step back. But like the, the truth of it is, is I've been through periods of I feel far away and then close and I feel far away and then I feel close and I feel far away. And if you've been around this very long, you probably have too. And I don't want to get close just to get far away again. Right. And, and as I was praying about like, God, what do you want to say? He was like, well, you know, like, there's a way that we don't have to go through that tide all the time. <laughs> um, and it's if we would just focus on, on some of these things. And that's what we've been talking about the past few weeks. And we started off um, like two weeks ago with focus on the glory of God, the, the beauty and the majesty of God. Like it's all about the glory of God. Like if we would get that, that life's not about us. It's about something greater than us. We've, it's not our story, but we've been invited into a greater story that it's not about what I want and I need. It's about God's beauty and majesty being displayed throughout the world. Like, man, we would live in, in a way different way. And last week we talked about the, the focus on, on the the, the grace of God, the, this this rocky place, this like this bedrock of our faith that we would focus on the person and, and, and the grace of God. And this week we're going to be in First Corinthians nine, and we're going to talk about focusing uh, yet again. And First uh, Corinthians is one of two letters we have to the church at Corinth. Um, so if you like First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, same church, different letters, um, and they're written by a man named Paul. I love uh, Paul; he's a pretty awesome guy. I kind of aspire to be. Uh, more like Paul, because Paul was a lot like Jesus in, in several ways. Uh, and what I love about Paul and his story is, is he's a man that, that persecuted the church. Isn't that crazy? Like Paul is a man that actively sought to destroy what God was doing in, in the church of Jesus. And here we see um, Paul writing a letter to actually build up the church. When Paul met Jesus, he was radically transformed. He was 
probably one of the farthest people away that you could imagine. Like if you were like, man, this person is never going to come to know God. Paul would be somebody that would pop up into your head because he, he, he persecuted the church. And then he met Jesus one day, the resurrected Savior, and it changed everything about this guy. And he went from somebody that persecuted the church to somebody who suffered to build up the church. And we see like... Most of the New Testament, actually, he has his mark on a lot of these books, and, and he wrote these letters to build up these churches. And the letter of First Corinthians was to the church at Corinth, a group of people like us who would say we're saved, like that we know Jesus, that, that we're somebody who's given our life to Jesus, people like us. I think that's important that we remember that because I think after we get saved, a lot of times we think like God's done, right? Like we just wait out till the rapture or till death and, you know, just come in here and ignore the messages and kind of halfway do the songs. And we just got to go through the motions and do the religion thing. But we see that actually the, the whole word of God is written to the people of God. So there's something that God's teaching his people in, in these letters, in, the, in these books. And as Paul was writing to this church at Corinth, what he's writing about mostly was how do you live out this new faith that you have? It's something we all struggle with or we probably struggle with if we know we're supposed to struggle with it. How do you connect belief with life? Because for a lot of us, we, we know what we believe, right? We, we would say that we're saved, that we know Jesus, that we've come into a relationship with him and and we know there's some things that go with that, but like, how do you connect belief with like how I live every single day? And that's what these letters are about. This is what, this is what we use to disciple people. And in 1 Corinthians 9, we see that Paul's writing about some things. And, and the main um, kind of thing that he gets into towards the end is, is this idea of preaching the gospel. And he says in 19, for although I'm free from all people, not a slave to anybody, I've made myself a slave, I've become like a slave, it's the idea of humbling yourself, in order to win more people. He says, to the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews, to those under the law, like one under the law, and then he puts this little disclaimer there, though I myself am not under the law, to win those who are under the law. To those who are outside of the law, like one outside of the law, not being outside of God's law, but under the law of Christ. To win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak. In order to win the weak, I have become all things to all people. So that by all means, I may by all means save some. That's how he wraps this up, this idea. He says, I'm not a slave to anybody, but I've become all things to all people so that by all means I might save some or see some saved, is what he's saying. This idea that he's talking about is, is leveraging his life for the kingdom of God. That it's not about me. I'm not going to live my life for me. I'm going to live my life for something greater than me. And it's not about my wants or my needs or what I want to do or what I want, want, to, want to be. It's about seeing people come to know Jesus. So I'll, I'll leverage everything. Everything's on the table because I want to see people come to know God. That's, that's amazing. 
right? Like, like we would all say, like, that, we would agree, like, that's amazing. Like, even if we're not going to sign up for that, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm pretty comfortable being me and, and doing my thing. Like, we would say, like, that is amazing. That's admir- admirable, right? Like, that he would live his life in such a way that, that it didn't really matter what he wanted to do that day. It mattered what God wanted to do in him that day. Like, that, that's an amazing thing. And I think we would all be like, that, that's really cool. Like, I don't think, like, everybody's like, I want to do that. I'm not saying that. Like, we could, we could maybe go that way this morning. Like, this is what we're all supposed to be, and this is what we're all supposed to do. And I could just end there and be like, that's conviction right there on your heart. Come on down. Like, we, we could do that. But that's not the goal today. I think the goal today is just that we see, like, this guy saying, like, I live my life in a, in a way that my belief intersects with my life. Yeah. They connect. See, he has seen God. He's seen Jesus. He's been far away from Jesus. He knows exactly who he's been. Actually, you see several points in some of these letters that it would look like to us he's beating himself up like I'm the chief among sinners. Like, I don't do what I want to do. I do what I don't want to do. Like, he's like, I'm not a good guy. I know who I've been. I know what I still struggle with. But like at the end of the day, he's like, I I live my life in the direction of, of Christ because it's not about me. Like that's admirable. And I think for a lot of us we would even say like maybe one day I want to be that way. Right? Anybody like anybody maybe not. Uh for maybe for somebody out there um maybe one day I would like to be that way. I would like to be that way when I'm not being selfish. I would like to be that way when I'm like in the best 10 seconds of my headspace, I would like to be that way. When I see what God wants from me and I actually choose to care that day, like I would like to be that way. The other days, maybe not so much, but, but I have days where I'm like, man, this, this should be me. I think we could even agree maybe today that like that's what God would like for us. A God who says, like, take up your cross and follow me, deny yourself, crucify yourself, like that God. It's not about you. It's about me. That's what he writes. If you want to follow me, this is what it looks like. But I think if we were to do a survey, like, I don't know, the oldest person in here is probably in, in their 80s. The youngest person in here is a baby. And we've been to many different churches collectively and maybe even churches in different states. Maybe we grew up in different places. I think for a lot of us, we would agree, maybe we've seen people that get some of this, but we've not seen people that really live like this. Right? Man, I'm so about the kingdom. I've seen God. He's blown me away. And I just want other people to see that. We know that that's what we should look like, but there's this tension because we've never seen anybody that actually looks like this. Amen. Maybe somebody has. Maybe you're like, no, I got got somebody. Well, you're blessed because I haven't. 33 years old, been in the church more days than I've been out of the church, and I've seen people that I would say were close to God. They love God. I would see people that are moral people. I've seen, I've seen people that I believe that about them. They love God and, and they're moral, but I've never seen anybody that would just say, man, it's not about me. None of this is about me. It's all about him. And everything I got, everything I am is on the table. 
when it comes to that. So there's this tension, right? Paul starts, he starts and he's like, hey, um, I'll be all things, I'll make myself a slave to everyone because I don't care about me. It's all things to all people so that by all means, like, somebody will see it. Now, why does he write that to the church? Why does he write that to, to this group of people? And I'll just say, because if the church at Corinth had it together, that wouldn't be there. Here we are 2,000 years later, and we're dealing with the same problem. It's not just today. It's not just us. Like it's, it's the same problem. It's always been a handful of people. But he says, this is what it looks like. Now, like I said, we could, we could pray here, and we could all go home, but like, what do you do with that? Hey, leverage everything to follow Jesus. All of us would have to come and repent because none of us are good at it. Amen. Proof. How many of you have led people to Christ this week? That's what I thought. I'll be honest, if we were in a church with a thousand people, it would have been the same number of hands. None of us are good at it. And we could all repent and we could stand up and we could go home with good intentions. But we've all heard this message before, haven't we? Okay, awesome. I'm going to do better. And then we leave and we don't know how to do better. So Paul talks about that. It's amazing. He doesn't leave you with like, ah, I hope you figure it out. Don't you love how the Bible doesn't do that? Here's the stuff you do wrong. Hope you figure it out. It's not what God's doing. He's not up here to be like, you guys are dumb. You guys are dumb. Let's make a song about it. You guys are dumb. Hey, hey, hey. He's not up here to do that. It's this balance of tension and conviction and then hope and change. So the Bible always leaves us with it. If there's never any tension and conviction, we're probably not really hearing from God. But if there's never any hope and change, we probably aren't listening either. So he says, here's what it should look like. Now I'm going to tell you how to get there. So he starts off in 24 and he uses this tool that Jesus uses quite often. He gives us something we can relate to. He starts actually just changes the subject. He's like, let's talk about racing. Let's talk about racing, right? Like, Everybody knows what a race is. Like, I'm not an athletic guy. Like, if I turn this way, you can tell. Like, I like to eat. I don't like to run. That's, that's the reason I have, like, energy, right? Like, I, I, that's what this is. It's a fuel storage cell. Um, but I, I like to eat, and I don't, I don't like to run. But I know what running is. I know what a race looks like. Maybe you guys are, maybe you're NASCAR fans. You know what a race looks like, right? Like, you know the goal of a race. Everybody can relate to a race today. Because we've all seen a race, we've all heard of a race, we all know what a race is. Like, even if you're not a runner in the room, you know, like, what a race is. So he just uses this illustration of a race, and he's like, let's talk about something we can all get around today, we all have some knowledge about today. Because before we can talk about spiritual things, we, we've got to probably have something to relate it to. Let's all use the same language today. So he's like, hey, uh, let's talk about a race. Um, Think about a race. Do you, do you not know that the runners in a stadium all race? He just asked this question. But only one receives the prize. Do you not know 
that all the runners in the stadium all race, but only one person wins. Like that's the whole goal of a race, right? Like there's not anything called upward racing. Like it's pretty obvious. Like there's only one winner because whoever gets to the end first is the one who won. Like it's not a participation trophy. Like thanks for showing up today. Like everybody runs, but only one person wins. That's the definition of a race. That's, that's how that works. It's like we all know that. We all, we all can relate to that today. We've all seen enough races today or heard about enough races today. That, that that's, that's what happens in a race. And you're like, well, what does that have to do with anything? What, what is that? Like, okay, cool. How does that affect, like, I'm supposed to live out this life for Jesus? How does that affect, like, I'm supposed to leverage everything for the kingdom of God? And what he's saying is, like, nobody just shows up to the race thinking, like, I, I win because I'm here. I showed up, therefore I win. Like, nobody thinks that. Well, like, if you think about a race, like, the only person that wins is the person that crosses the thing first. Like, to be a runner, you don't just, like, show up and hope for the best, right? Like, if you think about it, like, if we were all going to the Olympics today, we would all look pretty foolish today in the Olympics because probably for most of us, we, we aren't runners. And we can show up, but that doesn't make us a runner, Right? You can show up to every single race, every single week, every single day, and it doesn't turn you somehow into a runner. You can actually, like, I don't know what racing clothes look like, but you could buy some of those little, like, 80 shorts, right, and the, and the little jersey, and it can have the Nike check all over it, and it can have a number on it or whatever the little paper thing they put on you is. Like, it can have all, I don't know the terminology for race stuff, but, like, I don't run. Um, but but you, you get the picture, right? Like, I can, I can dress like a racer, but it doesn't make me a racer. I can put on all the right stuff, and it like it doesn't matter what my shoes look like. I can buy the most expensive running shoes. It will not make me run any faster. I made the kids leave before I said that because kids think that. Um, but it doesn't do anything, right? It doesn't make you go faster. I can know all the racing terminology. Like, I can know all the words for all the things on the whole track, and I can know what all the, if there's moves in racing, like, I can know what all those things are. And I can know the terminology, but it doesn't make me a racer. I can go home today and I can study racetracks and I can know like where all the trouble spots are and like where I need to speed up and slow down and all that stuff. And I can get a strategy and I can study it and I can even get a group together and I can talk about what racing looks like, but it doesn't make me a racer. The only thing that makes me a racer is to run the race. And the only way I'm going to win is if I get to the end. I don't get a trophy because I showed up today. And then he looks at these people and he says, run in such a way that you may win. Run in such a way that you may win. What does that have to do with anything? Well, he's writing this to a church of people that aren't good at it, that say, I'm saved. I know Jesus but there's a lot of people that aren't running. There's a lot of people that aren't doing the race. That's what he's saying. Some of us are under the impression because we showed up at the track today that we're running. He's like, you're not. You're not going to run any races by just showing up in the building today is what he's saying. Sorry if you've wrapped up all your faith and your hope and your trust in your eternity and I'm going to show up to church. He's like, you're not running. 
You're not going to win any races today by wearing the right thing, by looking like you belong at the racetrack. You're not going to win any races today. You're not even going to run the race today just putting on the church clothes and going to church is what he's saying. You can know all the lingo, right? You can know all the words like I know what saved means and I know what atonement means and I know what forgiveness means and mercy and grace and I know all those words. Not a racer. Doesn't make you a racer. Actually, you can sit around in a group and you can study this word of God all day long. You you can study what it would look like to follow God all day long, to look what it would look like to run your race. Like, right, we just read about what it would look like if we were running our race. Does that mean you're following him? Right? Like, oh, great. I've memorized in my heart that, that I have to deny myself and take up my cross and follow him. If you're not doing it, what is it worth is what he's saying. Yeah. Nothing. Doesn't make you a runner. I know what Jesus says. I've got it tattooed on my body or I've got it memorized or I know it in the Hebrew. It doesn't make you a racer is what he's saying. He's like, we know what it should look like. There's probably not many of us today that are confused about what God wants from us. We're just way too concerned about looking like we're ready to show up at the track and actually running the race. We're worried about the appearance of Christianity versus actual Christianity. It's called religion, and we love it. You are not a Christian because you come to church. It doesn't make you a Christian. It's great that you're here. I love that you're here. That's not why Jesus died on the cross. I died on the cross so you could show up in a building and sit in a chair. We know that. That's why there's conflict in us, right? Like it's like, okay, that makes sense to me. You are not a Christian today because you dress like other church people and show up at the same times in the same buildings as they do. You're not a Christian today because you know what saved looks like. Do you know what Christian even means? Little Christ. It was a derogatory term used for the church at first. Like, oh, look at them little Christians. Trying to be little Jesuses. It's actually kind of a badge of honor, right, though? Because you live in such a way that you're, you're not Jesus, but you kind of look like him. And he's writing this to a group of people like us, just removed by a couple thousand years. And he's saying to them, if you want to do this, you actually have to do it. Fast forward, still speaking. If you want to do this, you actually have to do it. You don't get bonus points today for showing up. This is not upward Christianity. Nobody gets participation points today. We either do it or we don't. And that's what he's saying. And then he looks at him and he says, run in such a way that you may win. You're not going to get points for showing up. Run. You're not going to get points for dressing the part, so run. You're not going to get points for sitting around and talking about what it would look like if you ran, so run. That's what he's saying. And then he's saying, run in such a way that you may win. Now, I'll be honest, this was confusing to me because what we know about racing is like there's only one winner of a race. And what I know about Christianity today and and following Jesus today, it's not only one of us that are going to get into heaven. 
Right? Like everybody has that opportunity and shot through, through Jesus. Like Jesus made the way for every single person. And I get that. And I love that. And that's, that's why I'm here. If it was only one of us or four of us or five of us, I know me and my odds aren't good. So I'd probably be somewhere else this morning. Um, but he says it still, right? Like running away that you may win. So I had to, I had to pray about this because I was like, what, what do you say about that? What do you say about that? And it made me think like, we know what a race is not, right? Like no runners just show up and they, like, I'm going to watch other people run. I just came to watch other people run today. I'm, I'm going to, I'm number seven. I'm on the block. I'm not doing anything. I'm just here to champion you guys. He's like, that's not, that's not it. The goal for us is not that one or two people run and we watch that happen. It's that everybody runs. Christianity is not a spectator sport is what he's saying. Now that's weird because a lot of us, like what we do, right? We watch other people run their races and we're like, man, that's awesome. I wish that I could be that way. Didn't we just admit to that earlier? We were like, man, look at Paul. He's amazing. I want to be like Paul. And he's like, that's being a spectator. A race is not, let's all moderately jog towards the finish line together in a group. It's not a race. He's like, it's not about staying with the pack. It's not about being like everybody else. It's not about meeting the bare minimum expectations is what he's saying. That's to me, that's what I would say is apathy, right? Like I'm going to do kind of what's expected, but I'm never going to do more. Right, like everybody else goes to church, so I'm going to go to church. Or everybody else serves, so I'm going to serve. And then when they quit, I'm going to quit. He's like a race is not about like focusing on what other people are doing and just trying to stay with those people. That'd be a really boring race, wouldn't it? Let's all just cross the finish line together. A race is somebody who's like, man, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. That's the mentality of a racer. It's like, I'm going to win. I didn't come to play around. I didn't come to like run with you guys. I love you, but I didn't come to run with you. I came to run. I just came to be here. And I'm going to do my best to get across that thing as soon as I can get across that thing. See, being a serious racer isn't like I'm worried about what everybody else is doing. It's I'm focused on the goal. I know where I'm going and I'm headed that way as quickly as possible. And that's what he's saying, run in such a way that you may win. He's not saying try to beat everybody else and be better than everybody else. He's saying let's block out whatever is going on around us and fix our eyes on the prize today and charge full steam ahead towards that. That's what he's saying to these people. Hey, you, you want to do this thing? Here's what it looks like. You got to fix your eyes somewhere. You got to focus on something that matters. You got, you got to lock eyes with, with the end game, the end goal. You got to know where the finish line is, and then you got to charge towards the finish line. Run in such a way that you may win. That, that's what it looks like, is what he's saying. It looks like focus. I didn't get us. So he goes on, right? Because, okay, that's cool, but, like, what does that look like? Right? Again, like, hey, you're not good at this. Okay, run faster. I don't, I don't know how to do that, God. 
And he doesn't just leave us there. He says, let's keep talking about racing for a minute. Now, everyone who exercise, or everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. He's like, this is how you're going to compete today. This is how you're going to actually get there today. Everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. He's like, think about a runner. How do you, how do you run? If you're, if you're going to be an Olympic runner, like, what do you have to do? And I'll be honest, I don't know. I'm never going to be an Olympic runner, but I, I know a little bit of it. If I'm going to be an Olympic runner, I have to train, right? I have to, like, put in the work. I've got to do something. Like, I can't just sit around and watch TV and, and play video games and then hope at the end of the day when it's time for the Olympics, I'm going to compete. That's not going to work. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I can't run very fast, but I know the plot line to 76 movies. To which they would say, cool, go sit up there and watch the race, right? Like, it's not going to work. If you're, if you're going to be a runner, you actually have to train. You have to do something. It takes time and effort. You don't just show up one day and it's there. I'm going to say that again because we didn't listen. If you're going to run, you can't just show up and hope for the best. It takes time and effort. Now, what does that mean to us spiritually? You're not going to come down at the end of the gathering today, pray a prayer, get up, and everything be fixed. I trusted in God. That's great. Trust him tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day when you're sucking at this. Let's trust him in those days too. Because you're not going to be good at it on day one. Just like a runner is not ready for the marathon on day one. Just kind of came up into the I'm going to run thing. Doesn't matter how they dress. Doesn't matter how they look. Doesn't matter if they show up. Like you've got to train. And it takes time and effort if you're going to get anywhere running. That's just how it works. You've got to do something. You've got to put in the work day after day after day after day. And when you're slow, you've got to come run the next day. And when you're slow, you've got to come run the next day. And when you can't make it and you're tired, you've got to come run the next day. That's how that works. And eventually your body builds up in such a way that you can't actually run. Christianity is the same way. You're not just going to come up here, hey, Jesus, I need you, get up and be good at this thing. That's not how that works. It's called spiritual formation, and you cannot follow Jesus accurately and effectively on day one. You're going to fail over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. You're going to mess up, and you're going to screw up over and over and over and over again. But just like an athlete, you got to keep getting out of bed and keep getting up and running and doing the thing, moving forward. Hey, I screwed up yesterday. Hey, I didn't have such a good time yesterday. He didn't do so well yesterday, but today is a new day and there's new mercy and new grace. And I'm going to get up and I'm going to run again. And eventually like a week from now, two weeks from now, three weeks from now, three months from now, you're going to notice there's a difference you put some space in between. I used to sit on the couch all the time and now I'm a runner. You're not going to be great at it. Three months from now, you're not going to have figured out the whole of Christianity. Let's just do a poll today. Anybody like 30 years or more in the faith and you're still like, I'm not very good at this. I'm better than I was, but I'm not where I want to be. And you know what? It's amazing to see that you've moved though, isn't it? But you never move if you just stand in the same spot all the time. It's like you got to run. Just like a runner who exercises self-control in everything, that's how we do this thing. It takes work and effort to be good at following Jesus. Most of us are never going to do it well because we're never going to put in any work and we're never going to put in any effort because we're going to come down in the front of a room, we're going to say a prayer, and we're going to expect Jesus to carry all the weight. And Jesus is like, man, I'm going to help you run, but if you want this, you're going to have to run some too. We just talked about it last week, right? 
See, anybody that wants to run, they have to train. They have to deny themselves certain things. Runners don't eat 14 glazed donut boxes a day. Like That's not how that works. That's why I can't be a runner, because I'd rather eat the 14 boxes of glazed donuts a day. He's like, if you want to follow Jesus effectively, you're going to have to let go of some things. There's going to be some things that you got to not do. You got to... You got to quit doing all that, right? Like runners, they don't, they don't get to just rest, take days off whenever they want to. There's a schedule. There's a thing. There's some things they have to do. And you're like, well, what do you schedule with Jesus? Well, you schedule time to read his word probably. If it's not in your calendar on a certain time of the day, you're probably not going to do it because you're going to do everything else. And then at the end of the day, you're going to be tired. And then you're not going to do it. And there's no spiritual formation without reading God's word. So it's not going to happen. How do you even follow God if you don't know what God wants? You cannot do it. So he's like, you got to read the word, right? Like, you you got to make time to do those things. And I'll be honest, like, reading God's word is probably more important than seeing what's on the TV that day. And I love TV. It's coming from a guy that I'll just sit on the couch all day and flip through channels. Like, that's what I do. But it's more important. He's like, you got to deny yourself something. Some things that are happening in your life right now, some sins, you got to get rid of those things if you want to effectively follow Jesus. It takes time and it takes work. And you may fail at letting go of some of those things today, but you got to keep doing it. Some runners, like they, they have to move across the world to go to a certain coach that's going to help them do the thing. He's like, man, it's not about you. If you want to do this thing, you got to invest in this thing. He's like, this is what it looks like to be a runner. Now, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. That's called spiritual formation for us. You got to read. You got to pray. You got to you got to chase after God. You got to do the work. You got to put in the time. You're not going to be good at following Jesus because you don't know anything about Jesus if you don't read. Like you have to have some spiritual formation, or we're not going anywhere. And he says they all do this to to receive a perishable crown, a 15 seconds of fame. They all do this to get their name in a newspaper or to get some kind of trophy or some kind of medal. And when they die, that medal's going to be worth nothing. That trophy's going to be worth nothing. Actually, who won running four years ago at the Olympics? Any of the people? Nobody knows. Maybe one or two people know if that's your thing and you follow sports, but most of us, we don't know. And nobody cares. I don't care. <laughs> it's great. I clapped for them when they won. I don't care now. That's a cool medal. It's a cool story. But it's not really worth anything eternally is what he's saying. He says they, they do this for a perishable crown, but we are running for something different. We're running for an imperishable one. Where we're running, what we're receiving, our reward never goes away is what he's saying. It's not just 15 seconds of fame. And he says in 26, therefore, I do not run like one who... Uh, runs aimlessly. I have a goal. I don't box like one who beats in the air. What he's saying is I'm not wasting time. I'm not running without a direction. I'm not, I'm not doing this thing without keeping that in mind. I, I know where the goal is. I know what I'm running towards is what he's saying. I'm not just like going through the motions. I'm not just doing life. I'm not just kind of living out the religion thing. I'm not just seeing where the wind blows me. Like there is a thing that gets me out of bed and moves me in a direction every day is what he's saying. He says, I don't, I don't run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one who beats the air. Instead, I discipline my body and I bring it under strict control. I discipline my body and I bring it under strict control. What is he saying? It's not about me. There are things that my body wants and I'm not giving it to it. There are things that I want to do and I'm not doing them. There are places I want to go and I'm not going them. 
Uh, he says, I, I, I discipline my body and I bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. This is what he says. Summarize those last two verses. What's he saying? I'm not playing around, folks. You, you know the secret to, to doing this thing? It's realizing how serious it is. You know the secret to... to Following Jesus, it's realizing that it's actually serious to follow Jesus. Like, that's a, that's a real thing. It's realizing that there is a, a goal. There is somewhere I'm headed. There's something that's going on that's greater than, like, I'm just trying to get over here or trying to do this thing. Or I'm just trying to wake up and get in the car and, and drink the coffee and go to work. There's something greater than that. There's a bigger purpose. There's a bigger goal today. He's like, runners, man, they, they leverage their whole life just to get a medal. Isn't that crazy? You know why they do that? Because it's really important to them. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it. It's not about how you feel about the medal, right? Like the Olympic people are not like, hey, I probably ain't going to run this year because Brad doesn't care who, how, who wins. He's never going to talk about it again. He's probably not even going to watch it. He doesn't care. Like they don't care what I think about that. It doesn't matter if it's important to me or not because it's important to them. He's like, that's what it's like for us. It doesn't matter what other people think about it. It doesn't matter like what other people are doing. It doesn't matter like where you're planted at, where the church around you is doing. It's not about just meeting some common expectation of like, I'm going to come in and I'm going to sit in a chair and I'm going to kind of serve maybe a little bit. And I'm going to maybe pray every once in a while at the end. And I'm going to go through the motions and I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to learn the songs and I'm going to read the Bible. Like, it's not about that. God has invited us into something greater today. Like every single one of us have been invited into something greater than I'm just going to come to church. I want you to hear that. Like some of you, like you're like, man, why do I do this every week? Why do I just come and sit in this chair every week? Like I felt that way before. Like, I don't know why I wake up and come and sit in this chair because there has to be something more to this. Some of you have felt that way before. If you haven't felt that way before, man, you've set your expectations really low, I guess. But there's got to be something more than just like God died so I could come sit in a chair. Right? Like Jesus stepped out of heaven so I could come and sing some songs. Like that doesn't make sense. Jesus left heaven so I could listen to some guy talk for a while. Like that doesn't make sense. There's got to be something greater to it. And here's the greater thing. Jesus. Jesus stepped down out of heaven not to offer us religion or church or motions or the things. He didn't come step out of heaven to to make us better singers and give us the opportunity to worship. He didn't do any of that. He stepped out of heaven to offer us Jesus. And we talked about like weeks ago, like you can get as close to God as you want to get. That's still true today. You can settle for being as close to God as the people around you. You could do that. You can settle for being as close to God as like everybody that you've ever seen and known. You can settle for it's impossible to get there. I don't know how you get there, but it's impossible to get there. Like Paul did it, but nobody else can do that. You can settle for that. But the secret is not settling is what he's saying. The secret's not settling. You want to get closer to God. The secret today is not settling. You want to you run the race. The secret today is not settling, not settling for second place, third place, fourth place. It's not like, man, I just showed up today and I hope I make it. It's, man, I know where I'm headed today and I'm going to run with everything in me towards that goal, that prize. I've seen Jesus and that's all I want. That's what focus looks like. That's what gets us somewhere. And, and, and I just say that today because for I think all of us, we're like, there has to be more. 
Anybody ever felt that way? Like I grew up in church and I'm 33 years old and I'll be honest, I have a, a large distaste still today in my mouth for the church. You're like, how, how are you standing on that stage then? <laughs> you, don't, you don't like the church and you're standing on the stage in front of the church. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make me hopeful. Well, if you grew up in church, you know what I'm talking about. I've seen people who love Jesus, but it's been very, very few. I've, I've sat in church week after week and, and I've seen people who, man, you're singing like the most amazing things and they're like, I've seen people flip over somebody didn't put the chair back where it was supposed to go. I've seen business meetings where church people just yell at each other like aimlessly because they don't like the carpet. And I grew up in that. And what that does to to somebody who, I've read this. It just says, man, um, that's not what it's supposed to look like. You ever flip through the channel and watch churches on TV worship? That's the most painful experience. Because everything here says I'm miserable. But everything I know says, man, there's no way you should be miserable right now. There's like this disconnect. And for 33 years, I've grew up in the disconnect. And I'll be honest, like it it just puts just puts that bad taste there. I've seen stuff go on in churches that I'm like, man, if if they believe Jesus, I have no idea where that's coming out. But what that's done for me is like, I don't want to be that person for anybody today. I don't want to be the person that's like, Somebody's looking at and saying, man, if that's what it looks like to believe Jesus, I don't want any part of it. If that's what it looks like, if if that's all there is to it, I don't want any part of it. I can sit in a chair at my house. I can listen to music on the radio. I can hear people talk about different things all day long. Everybody likes to talk. I want to run in such a way that it makes sense. I want to run in such a way that it calls people up, not out. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, don't you see what you're running toward? Don't you see this Jesus? Don't you, don't you see like what is going on? Don't you see what God has offered you? Don't you see today that you can be close to God, that the breather of the stars is actually saying to you today, come as close as you want to come. Don't you see that? Why are you settling? Why are you just sitting in a chair? God said you could come close. Why, why are you just like being religious today? God said you could come close. Why are you just singing songs today? God said you could come close. You don't have to be far away. You just fix your eyes on God and you just run toward him. You're going to have to read. You're going to fall down. You're going to run slow some days. You're going to get tired. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get hurt. You're going to feel like giving up. All that stuff's going to happen. It's real. Tracks are bumpy sometimes, right? Like some, sometimes you get your knees scraped up. Sometimes you fall down. Sometimes you trip over the thing. It's just part of the race. But when that happens, if you want what's at the end of the race, you just get back up and limp on. 
So for some of us today, that's what he's saying. I know you're tired. Limp on. I know you're frustrated with the state of the church or maybe even yourself. Limp on. I know you feel like you've fallen down. Limp on. I know some of you have never even started. You're like, man, there's such a vast gap between me and where God wants me to be. And he's like, limp on. I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. I know you're weary. I get all that stuff, but I'm worth it is what he's saying today. I'm infinitely worth it. And you got to come. You got to get closer. And the closer you get to the finish line, you're going to see more and more clearly like everything I'm running for is worth everything I have. When you're far away from the metal, man, it's hard. But God's saying today to all of us, you can come close. But the recipe to that is today this. One, you got to know you're not where God wants you to be. You're never going to get up and move until you're tired of the way that you're living. That's just truth. You love where you're living. Who cares about what God wants? But when you're sick of it, you can come out of it. You got to know you're not where God wants you to be. Part two of that, you got to be willing to work and put in the time. You're not going to get close to God by showing up to church once a week. You're not going to do it. I know it because I tried it for years and years and years and years. I was just waiting on the right message. There's never going to be a right message. Only people that want to put in time and work, only people that want to fail and screw up over and over again, only those people are going to get close. But God's saying you can do it. But man, when you're tired of it and you're ready to move toward him, God's going to help you get there. I just want you to know that today. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm in a process today of training for a race. And one day I'm going to finish the race. One day I'm going to get to the end. And what I want to hear at the end is, you did it. You got here. Man, it was looking rough for a couple of years there, but you got here. It was, I was a little worried for a couple days there, but you got here. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Welcome.